0: Yeah, apparently some people were claiming that they could run superconductors at room temperature, which obviously would be a huge change and it's not true apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. That's really all that <laughs> it's not, there's not much to cover, I guess, but apparently it's like really low mater- low grade material that fooled us.
1: I feel like you should tell me about your second love of your life.
0: What's the second love of my life? Dog skate. Oh, Baldur's Gate. Oh, God.
1: It's got to be up there, right? If not, it's definitely Nicole's. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Coming from Divinity, it's a very different game. Yeah. But I've also played D&D 5e specifically. Uh Uh-huh. So now it's like, oh, this is is just Divinity engine with the 5e rule set.
1: Which is kind of how Baldur's Gate, what was the old parent company of all of that? Because it's all part of the... if you look back, I think this is worth fact-checking me on. The OG, Baldur's Gate, was part of a D&D sort of themed series called Forgotten Realms. There were books and everything all Yeah, Forgotten it. Realms, yeah. Absolutely. I believe Baldur's Gate was effectively based on the concept of Forgotten Within Realms. There, yeah. And now that name doesn't show up anywhere. But I believe the old versions, or if not, it came from that level. Uh, like you're it, it came you're from,
0: definitely spot on because I knew... I, all the things that they talk about, I've, like, heard the names of, like, Waterdeep and stuff, like these yeah. cities and stuff. And you're like, oh, That's I've, what... played, I've played that in d <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I've always had a pretty big fascination with the Baldur's Gate series because of the play style. And then, you know, we're talking on Monday during our meeting, and they're they're telling me about Baldur's Gate. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, sounds good. I was really excited about it possibly pre-ordering and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is when you know that you're a grown-up and it's a sad day in your life because I came up with the decision that I probably shouldn't buy it. Oh,
0: but you have the Steam Deck.
1: I know, and everything's there, and I probably will <laughs> buy it maybe towards Christmas.
0: Yeah, it'll probably just go on sale for like 10%, 20% off at some point. I mean, and then,
1: yeah, I'll be, um, not to sound snotty, but not even for that, but like when we get to a slower season, mm. My thing is, is that there are, I don't think I have an addictive personality per se, but there are things that trigger that I become obsessed with.
0: (laughs) This could be one of those.
1: (laughs) And well, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance was very much one of those games when it first came out on the PlayStation 2, I want to say, because it's been re-released several times. I sat down and played through that game and basically, I think we may have beaten it, me and my buddy, my buddy and I, played that game and finished it in I think a day. It was like, I remember it, it was was like a New Year's Eve. My parents were having a New Year's Eve party. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He came over to join and we played pretty well straight through the midnight. Like, we were still playing. And everybody goes, Ted, yeah. ten, we're like, shh, <laughs> we're playing. And we ended up beating it that night, and it was awesome. Man. So the, the big thing with this was in Dark Alliance, the PS2 was pretty new. Mm. And it was like, look at the water.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the, the effects, graphics were crazy.
1: Now you look at it, and it really doesn't look that great. But yeah. if you were to, water liquids were always the hardest. And they did fire, <laughs> but it was it was genius. What they figured out is... Let's treat fire like a liquid with just different phys- – like slightly different physics.
0: Um, you could reuse assets and such then, yeah. So
1: the fire looked really good too, but the water was like hmm. – you'd step in it and there'd be ripples. And
0: Dude, now you have motion capture cinematics in every dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Like even just like the mundane ones, it's crazy. This is also like a weirdly adult game, like very adult. In your character creation, you get to customize your genitals, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. But also, I, I, I walked in no, on a no.
1: No, we're not. We're not glossing over this. <laughs> you just said the phrase. You get to customize your genitals. Yep,
0: <laughs> you do.
1: That is. That seems needless for a fantasy game. Yeah. Do you think it plays into this? The the because I've heard I, literally, something that like, there's like forty thousand endings to this I'm, game.
0: I'm still in the beginning. I've played probably played two, three hours, and then because you got to spend like you know, an hour or so in the Custom- character creation. But I. This early on, I've already walked in on a bugbear having sex with an ogre. <laughs> like, I don't know why that's a thing, but sure, why not? All right, let me ask this
1: question, because this is—so my thing is, I think Baldur's Gate, knowing what I've had with the other series, I'll get sucked in. How easy is it to, like, pause and stop? Like, can you save progress yeah. any time and bail out? I'm, I'm
0: hitting F5, like, every moment. Yeah. Quick save as much as possible. And does they you, do they do cloud saves too? So
1: could you play on your Steam Deck Steam, and your yeah. PC? So Steam
0: Steam will handle that, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: That may be enough to push me over because if I don't have to, so that's been my obsession with why I've been playing Call to the Lamb lately mm-hmm. is may not be exactly my favorite, but it does kind of kick some boxes. Stop. It's very it's it's very easy to start stop.
0: Yeah, you can start that mid battle. You you can start stop whenever you want.
1: So at least this way, if I wanted to be. If I needed to be mature, mm-hmm. I could pause it. That yeah. actually is dangerous. I was hoping you'd tell me, no, you have to go to, like, a rune or something or whatever. No, no, no. It. Nothing like okay. that. Okay, okay. well.
0: There's also a split-screen co-op, which
1: is pretty When I heard you can do multiplayer up to four people.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Yeah, I mm, love that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I mean, you only get to control one character well, at that Well, because you get to customize them. Yeah, that's great. So I mean, that's
1: why they're pretty. Yeah, the truck. <laughs> yeah, what, what? So I started kind of watching. I can never remember the name of the game. The other guy is a Starfield.
0: Mm, so I don't think Starfield's out yet, but that oh, is no, no, it's
1: coming soon. Oh,
0: it's a Bethesda game, yeah, Starfield.
1: That one I was starting to see some trailers for. Looks cool too.
0: That looks very cool. I'm not sure. Oh, is that out actually? Console game I th- September six.
1: Um, no, I think PC. I okay, so. Maybe it is one coming of the, next month. One of the consoles is getting a 30-day head release because ah. they wanted to have it. I don't know what it was. It's something like that. I don't know why. I read a reason as to why they were doing that. They were trying to release it on Xbox. Maybe there's another big release on Xbox. Right now, there's somebody that's sad and has an Xbox and knows exactly why. Yeah, I don't and know. And they're shouting at our radio.
0: I mean, I love I love most Bethesda games. So this will definitely be something I play for a while, but I,
1: I didn't care for Halo. But that's because I really didn't care for the dual joystick nonsense. <clears throat> that's I Bungie,
0: know. though. That was Bungie. Oh, that is, you're not, right. Be, not Bethesda. Who, Bungie those, doesn't even exist anymore. Actually, that's
1: Microsoft, right? Yeah, it's three four
0: three Studios. Yeah.
1: So I always, why do I always get that? Why do I always think Halo is a former Bethesda property? I don't know. I don't either.
0: Oh. <laughs> and we're
1: back once again for a brand new episode of the Lighthouse IT Solutions podcast. An award winning podcast. According to the Lighthouse IT Solutions Hub. We didn't pay out anybody. No, this is totally all on us. That's <laughs> the Lighthouse
0: right. IT Solutions Hub gave an award to <laughs> Lighthouse IT, it Solutions. Is the, podcast.
1: You know what? You think that but listen, listen, everybody even out there listening, this was According to all of the metrics on the Hub, it is the most downloaded and listened to podcast
0: Ooh, on the Hub. Wow, well, that's cool. Yeah, Since yeah. Since
1: it's the only so. one. What? What? <laughs> we got the award, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, we uh-huh. got a lot going on, though. We'll have to post pictures of the award somewhere.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, so I'm pretty excited about the honor. Griff, I, I mean, I couldn't have done it without you. There's so many people. That I want to thank and I think it all starts a long time ago when I had the idea to do the podcast <laughs> during COVID and then you know I grew it I started off on my own I realized that that wasn't enough so I was smart enough to bring in you that was really cool and then I always I, forget it was you for like a couple of yeah. episodes <laughs> just a lot don't worry I think most people try <laughs> That's funny and then you know from there I really grew it into what it is today, you know, and it just, it's really, it's really just come so far from those days of being awkward and full of nonsense to being kind of awkward to complete nonsense. So... I'd
0: like to thank uh, Steve Ballmer um, and uh, Steve Jobs and uh, Steve Wozniak and... uh, (laughs) Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Uh, uh, you can't forget about <laughs> Steve
1: Buscemi. We definitely need to thank
0: him. We like can so. thank all the Steves.
1: <laughs> Just if if your name is Steve, we thank you. We we salute you. So yeah, yeah. I want to kick things off with. Gosh, I don't even care where we kick off because we've got some really oddball stuff this week that normally we've got a really good flow and. This is all just randomness, right? Like, this is kind of odd. Um,
0: well, the main thing that grinds my gears <laughs> is that Elon Musk bought AI.com, And now why? it doesn't go to ChatGPT. And why it's been making he, me upset. Why did he do this? And yeah. why? That had to be a ton of money. <laughs> Yeah, we're not even sure how much. There's an estimation apparently that it's more of a guesstimation, if you will, that it was 3.8 million, which is kind of low for a two-letter domain. Those so I are, think it's got ha- to yeah, right? like, be much higher than like that. Because yeah,
1: right. Like it's got to be much higher than that. Like you said, typically, the shorter the domain is, if it's owned by especially somebody,
0: dot .com. Yeah. Dot .coms are yeah. There's no way. But yeah, they thought this got purchased by OpenAI in February, and already, man. If now no longer redirecting to Chat GPT, Elon Musk has ensured that it redirects to x.ai, which is his new, you know, AI startup thing that launched that he wants to make for the Everything app that he's looking to do and all that. But which, ba- basically, a.com goes to a, a landing page that is useless.
1: This is so infuriating. Because yeah. I don't know if you've seen, to fulfill the idea of this Everything app, we're already starting to see that Elon is making an everything app for Elon. And, and I know yeah, we talk sure. a lot on here about companies should make things that they enjoy using, and I do, I do agree with that. However, I do think that if you're going to appeal the masses, there are certain things you probably should stay away from. So I, I saw with with Twitter becoming X and then, and starting to fulfill its con- this concept of the everything app, they're seeking bids to retrieve financial and trading data because they want to make he wants to make X have trading features.
0: Oof! Because yeah. that he did start doing a lot of PayPal stuff or PayPal rather started doing a lot of stuff. He probably has no say over that, but PayPal has like a, a crypto coin now Bitcoin with like, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, this is like oh, you want to buy stocks
0: in you know. Uh, Tesla. Yeah.
1: Right? You can or whatever, but well, maybe you can. I can't remember. They may be private. This again. is
0: definitely like an echo chamber though because people who are using Twitter are probably interested in this, but that's it. I are don't they? think many people are are you know.
1: interested in whether or not you can buy and sell like
0: I don't use if, Twitter though, so I kind of stopped to use, yeah. yeah, people who stay there are the Wall Street brats.
1: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So. I mean, I guess if that's your but it did just seem like Oh, you're making another everything app app for Elon. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you're starting off with things that show that you have wealth. Yeah. So solve problems, but understand that you have, you are still a person mostly, right? Uh, he hasn't completely replaced his innards with robot parts. He's not Mark Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. He's
0: not. He's no lizard. Yeah, <laughs> lizard man.
1: <laughs> That's uh, awkwardly true. So, I get. I get that this it's not that this probably shouldn't be a feature of it. I just think it's interesting that the Everything app is going to start with the the first expansion is you can trade on X.com. Why do I want to trade on X.com? And also... How is that a good resource? Because if you post things and stuff and you get your trading information from Twitter, some of that could be considered SEC issues because he's never had a problem with posting on Twitter and yeah. having the SEC come after him. Mm-hmm. Never, except for those two times, maybe three times. <laughs> yeah, Could it be four? Listen, <laughs> it just drives me nuts. So, yeah. and, and now, like you said, we have AI.com, which went to the most – trusted actual ai website chat gpt open ai
0: but uh, no longer
1: not so open now she's a landing
0: page where it's like here's all my cool investors it's gonna be kind of sad but not as sad as google trying to kill the open web really yeah google's doing some weird stuff google wants to verify the integrity of like users basically and ensure that they're not a bot because you know advertisers want to reduce costs and since website owners want to display ads and get money, but Google's ad network charges per impression and bots create impressions, Google needs to know if someone is well human. Like someone someone is someone. So they're proposing this web environment integrity, which means that websites can select on like which devices or, or browsers that they wish to be displayed and can refuse those services okay. if they want. So what that means is it binds client-side software to a website, and this penalizes platforms on which they have preferred client-side software, which is not available. So like if if you have an old browser, you can say, well, like I don't want that to be displayed. Or like, hey, you have an iPhone 6. It's not a generation 7 or higher. I'm not going to display my website to you, that type of thing. And that's a little weird from, like, an accessibility standpoint for, like, people who are in poverty and can't access things. That's, that's kind of weird. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes beyond just, like, inclusion because it opens up for, like, arbitrary abuse where websites can refuse service unless they install, like, proprietary data collection agents or website can even refuse service if they're, you know, just using, like, hey, you're not on edge. <laughs> go, go to Firefox or something like that. Right,
1: but literally, say like it, I mean, we've all seen when you go if you have Microsoft Edge and you go to Google Chrome or you go to Google's website, they tell you Google's better on Chrome. Yeah, this is like straight up saying
0: you cannot anymore access. We them. won't let you here. Yeah,
1: I mean that's I mean, that's a generalization, but that's what they're proposing here.
0: It, it's a little weird, like that Google would do this. <laughs> I can I could definitely see Apple doing this on Safari or something like
1: no i can see because google's their mantra is do is do do no evil or whatever
0: it's just like literally don't be evil don't be evil but they've they've contradicted many times yeah yeah,
1: at every turn they possibly can
0: yep i mean it, it used to be that google was for the user and then they kind of became for the business but now they're like just doing it for themselves oh yeah
1: They have all these different entities and data collection points because now they own things like, you know, they own Motorola, I believe, still, which they bought so that they could use it as a platform to push the Google phones. That's the ultimately. Mm. I think Motorola still
0: exists. I didn't realize that was... Basically, Motorola, yeah. Yeah,
1: they, they bought out the cell phone division of Motorola, and I believe they still use the Motorola name for certain things, but the Google line, it's probably coming from that side. They bought Nest. They bought, what else they buy? Fitbit uh, or Pebble. 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 Pebble, yeah. Well, Fitbit bought Pebble. Pebble. Yeah, then yeah. Google,
0: yeah. So Same.
1: you just have all of these different things where they have a, a vested interest in being evil and restricting the platform because they want it to be for you
0: more restrictions are rolling out then. So,
1: and at what point do these requirements just get baked into their equipment? Yeah. And you kind of forget that they're logging. Yep. And you you said it as effectively the first sentence. This this only provides value for one
0: party. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a shame, but Google's like, going to be going to be very happy about it and literally no one else.
1: <laughs> and I think I think they they acknowledge that this is just for them.
0: Yeah, the in in the proposal it kind of admits it exists primarily to extract value from people. Yeah, so very cool, lovely, awesome. But that's not the only weird kind of Google thing that's happening. There's oh. a five billion dollar lawsuit over Google's incognito mode tracking.
1: Wait 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 wait! Did you say tracking in incognito what? mode isn't the whole purpose? This is. This is a great segue into what you just said, is they used to be about the user. That's why incognito mode exists. All right, hit me up with this one. Why is there there a lawsuit?
0: Private browsing mode is far from private. (laughs) And this lawsuit originally filed in 2020, but now it's finally, like, actually gaining traction. This is from – it's a mix of a lot of, like, different users and companies and stuff. I, I would almost say it's a class action, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Which
1: means the lawyers win. But
0: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So the people <laughs> suing Google say the company has legally invaded the privacy of millions of people because Google's cookies, analytics, and tools and apps continue to track internet browsing activity even after users activated incognito mode in Chrome or even in, you know, other Chromium things. For, for private browsing, so like an opera thing or you know whatever's using chromium, which you know, you expect to have some sort of level of of privacy. That's just not the case though. <laughs> the judge who's kind of managing all this stated that a tribal issue exists as whether these writings created an enforceable promise that Google would not collect user data while they're, you know, browsing privately. But Google's like, we strongly dispute all of this and we defend our, you know, selves vigorously against them incognito mode In Chrome gives you the choice to browse the internet without your activity being saved to your browser or device. And they go in and say, you know, it's clearly stated on the little message that pops up in the incognito tab. So.
1: Yeah, but there's a sense of the person who's developing the, um, the person who's developing the software that you browse with Will get special treatment for those tracking privileges because they can bake that in. Yeah, they could load in whatever they wanted to in that browser session and track you still. Yep, that's not really quote incognito. It's at the very least, you. It's a marketing faux pas, right? Like, yeah,
0: there's another little bit in here I didn't write in the notes that is like. There's a bit of an issue with extensions, and that some of the extensions can access the data that is in incognito tabs.
1: I thought it was supposed to ask you if it could.
0: Well, but
1: you can enable them to be part of it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But apparently, there's some issue with whether or not even it'll just happen. Oh, so some extensions are are doing some shady stuff in the background. Yeah, yeah. Which that's Mm -hmm. a whole other issue because that's a whole third party that you know isn't regulated. Not that Google's probably regulated, but you know. I mean,
1: just through probably the SEC and yeah, the, the and baseline. GPDR and all of that and the California data protection stuff, like those generic ones. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so do, do no evil or don't be evil or whatever. Great motto, guys. Great motto. <laughs> so
1: but it's changed from being a, an actual mantra from 1998 or 97, whenever they started to
0: yeah just giggling Toby. it's been ironic it's ironic now yeah
1: it's terrible with their hipster beards
0: well they're doing one thing kind of fun though they are introducing a grammar check into google search and in the same vein as like when you type you know do a, a heads or tails or do a dice roll or you know set a timer you know how it like ha- pops up in a little module that says you know Here's your die yeah, roll. It's a little yeah, animation yeah. or something like that. Now that kind of section is also what you'd see in like Grammarly. Like it is a proper, you know, grammar checker just to, just to show you. It's a little weird because like I would definitely say most people aren't giving the search proper grammar like on purpose. Like I'm but not. You're trying
1: to reduce the number of terms you're looking for. Yeah.
0: You know, it's kind of. But it, and the
1: but, word the word the is going to be excluded from a search anyway.
0: Nearly every time, yeah. So yeah. It, it it's kind of unnecessary. But the the whole focus for them isn't really to you know ensure people are grammatically correct, whatever. But. Their whole goal seems to be, you know, engaging more searches because more searches is, you know, good for business in their mind. So it's another one of those things that you're just kind of adding as a, you know, quality of life improvement.
1: I think once they realize that it's completely unnecessary and that nobody needs it, they'll promptly kill it.
0: Classic Google fashion. Yeah. 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 So.
1: So I'll continue. I actually, I have Google stories oh too. Oh my gosh, Google me. Yeah. So the
0: Google podcast. <laughs> it's the Google
1: edition. We won that award and now we're sponsored by Google. Google w-
0: domains you mean? We're sponsored by Google domains.
1: Sponsored by Google
0: domains. Ooh, that's a shame.
1: Uh, <laughs> wow, wow. Uh Google may be working on trying to provide the most secure network of all times.
0: I can do the most secure network of all time. I could just unplug it from the internet and then that network is very secure.
1: So it's funny. My, you, you That's the same thing my old boss used to tell yeah. me. You know, air I gap start, it. When I said, doesn't even air gap it. He said unplug it from power, too. because you, <laughs> if It's off Well, because, you know, if you had a USB key that you introduced. No, you know? So yeah. the most secure computer is the one that's, the one that's just off, off yeah. and unplugged. Oh, and I always thought that was funny, except for it is remarkably true. Leave it turned off. Leave it unplugged. Can't put it get, in the corner, yeah. and don't ever touch it. And there you go. You have an impenetrable network. Gosh. it's completely useless. But his concept, when we would do that, he he would have that conversation with with prospects mostly because they we'd get asked a lot about security, and we still
0: like. I think the general knowledge now is a lot better than back then. So yeah,
1: because yeah. you'd have people go, "Well, I don't really have anything to steal," and you're like, yeah. "That's not what." The, everything you do on your computer is an acceptable level of risk Mm -hmm. every time you need to introduce a new program every time you need to introduce a feature or connect it to another system you're introducing a, a a complexity that then does compromise every single one of those steps compromises security
0: but you can't do that if it's off
1: Right. (laughs) If it's shut down, you can't put a virus-based, you know, like we talk about the rubber duckies, which are USBs that you can plug in. Yeah, yeah. Those things are crazy. They're sweet. Yeah. So anyway, maybe he works from Google or maybe they took one of his classes because he used to teach. They are testing by strongly limiting or removing completely the ability for some of their users to be able to access the Internet. Now, they can all – this is a little bit different. It's not a true air gap. It's a little bit different because they still have access to anything that Google owns. Oh, so like an
0: intranet instead of a okay. – It's
1: effectively just an intranet. Cool. They can't go outside. And the testers, it's a right now an opt-in part of this program as they do the research to find out how it ends up working. But they said in every case, the users will have – these testers – will have another device that will allow them full access. They're trying to reduce the no- the number of users that have root access, you know, so your higher end more critical roles where you need deeper level access
0: is being vastly restricted. You can really only do that in a system like, you know, like a big company like Google, though. Well, cuz they
1: they still host their own email, they still yeah. host their, you know what They've I mean? They've got all
0: the solutions built, baked in. Yeah, it's... Like, it's, Microsoft could easily do this, too. Yeah.
1: Right, because they control so much of the everyday apps. Who knows right? if
0: they do? Well, I wonder why Google's really talking about it.
1: Well, they're trying to see if this is really is feasible, you know, and, and they're basically giving those people... They don't say... They say another device, so maybe it's an Android tablet that has Internet or something. I'm going to guess it's not an iPad because it wouldn't be able to get out, you know. But mm-hmm. anyway, on the same vein of increasing security we're noticing an uptick in attackers using google play apps and being able to use like versioning technologies like there's a dynamic code stuff that they can do and and effectively what's happening is most things are automated google play store is one of them so you submit an app that's pretty well bare bones and you pass all of the the checkboxes, all the of initial that. like bot verification
0: yep. stuff, and yeah.
1: generally speaking, unless it flags for something, it doesn't really get reviewed by
0: a person. Because yeah, it's looking for baseline guidelines. They're whatever
1: thousands upon thousands of apps trying to update a Especially day on the
0: Play Store, yeah.
1: And and they want they want as fast turnaround. The people that are submitting those changes, they yep. want that there, right? They want they if want that it was fast manual.
0: That'd be the, the dumbest thing.
1: <laughs> and the, and many of these, like I know Apple. If it flags certain things, it'll go through a manual review. Mm -hmm.
0: Which is good, but that's higher up. That's uh, after three checks or whatever, you know. Exactly.
1: So this is, hey, the app does what it does, except what is happening is that it will go out to a hosted server to fetch additional code. Uh, Basically, it's third-party patching. Oh. So it'll go out, but instead of a patch, it's basically downloading new code and incorporating those libraries to within itself. Yikes. And that now allows them to deliver payloads to that same app that passed all of those checks. Oh, that's not good. No, I don't know if you remember, I think it's been a couple years ago already. We were talking about an app that that did this. I think it was maybe one of the flashlight apps or something. It had a really trivial purpose. But when you launched the app for the first time, it would go through there and and ran this, I think it's called SharkBot that would then gain root access to your, to your device. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was about a, exactly a year ago, I think.
1: Was it just a year ago? I couldn't remember if it was one or two,
0: but. <clears throat> I Googled it in SharkBot and a lot of it's in September of 2022.
1: So, Yeah. So hmm. this is, this is interesting and poses a problem because the robotic, you know, the automated processes look at the app, there's no malicious intent. Okay. And then the third party, the hosted server, that delivers the actual payload that's outside of the google ecosystem it never gets tested and
0: what are you going to run like like tests every 30 minutes or something honestly
1: i feel like they need to i feel like they need and maybe they do but for some reason they're able to like it's almost like they don't sandbox run these
0: um it's like having people re take their driving license test at like 50.
1: I'm not against it.
0: <laughs> like, it'd probably do wonders you, for you, the community, but it would also, like, be well, a it's lot cl- of work.
1: It's also—they also—they've been criticized that it's ageism, so—
0: I mean, but, like, everything about, like, your actual body changes, your eyesight changes, like—
1: And they can do it with an airplane. Like, if you have a pilot certificate, you have to get a medical every four years.
0: Yeah, that's that's a whole— because yeah, it can just drop out of the sky but it's the same type of thing though like it should probably get re-verified there should be like a re- verification thing every whatever well if you of drive time. in
1: Ohio I think routine testing is probably a good idea <laughs> yeah uh, I've been driving around all over the place and I'm starting to learn that Ohio drivers may be among the worst I used to reserve that for Michigan drivers Michigan are,
0: drivers are good at they've got dexterity because they're going around all those potholes so yeah yeah
1: well and in it's it's no fault state, so you know that if you wreck your car, you're gonna have to uh, pay for it. Yeah, yeah. I think Ohio, we tend to just bank on the fact that if I wreck this car, hopefully it's the other guy's fault. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> See if insurance can fix that for me. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what
1: the what the right answer for this is because I don't know fully their processes now, but it just. It seems like you should be able to see that this code's getting run if you were to just run the app. Yep. And why can't there's gotta be a way to mechanically, you know, automated run an app, download and just monitor, see what it's doing.
0: Huh. It's weird. Well, that's scary. I don't like the malicious stuff in the the news, so
1: Yeah, yeah. You ever hear of points.com?
0: <laughs> no, is that malicious as well?
1: <laughs> Actually this is kind of a great story. Um mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do a good story, and then we're going to end on a bummer. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. That's that's my game for this one. But Points.com is a rewards site that actually kind of integrates and operates the rewards and loyalty systems for a number of things. Typically, their biggest clients are things like hotels. Oh, yeah. And airlines, airlines
0: and stuff, yeah. Makes you, sense. Got it.
1: you got it. Well, they had some security reachers come in just to come in. There was... No reason for it apart from they take security. It sounds like they That's take security seriously. That's a great thing. Series. Yeah, like,
0: get some researchers in there and see if you got any issues. And, yeah.
1: The terrible part is, though, is they did find five major vulnerabilities. Oh, no.
0: Well, I guess they're in the news, so yeah, yeah. this yes. obviously didn't go well.
1: <laughs> These researchers found five defects that would enable attackers to gain access to sensitive information. When we say sensitive, we know names, addresses, email, phone numbers, transactional history Oof. i also saw in someplace else they said yeah and um parts of your credit card number and i mean it was all kinds of things that you could get uh, to the all, whole platform data yeah. in fact it looks like they could even gain access to there's like a global admin site that allowed you to oversee all of the things oh, like no. an override like so you could like, like
0: mess with points like actually in, in- Mess the system. Yeah, so yeah.
1: that was just it. They could literally go in and do transactions and move points between accounts. So wow, dear hey, dear. you want to go travel? Just grab it and just wipe out fifteen users. They brought
0: researchers in out of nowhere. There were there was probably people utilizing this for years prior to this without knowing. They said
1: no, but they said the researchers they were just going through like a health check. I'm wondering if because we're seeing a lot of this stuff come up with insurance companies uh, asking in you order to keep your cyber security,
0: yeah uh, so hmm.
1: cuz they've they've come out and said we do not have any proof that anybody's used these okay cool they've fixed them already oh nice so these aren't like zero days these are things cuz zero days imply that they were being exploited yeah yeah already been fixed already good all right and i give them credit for having the stones to fess up and say hey yeah we had these five major vulnerabilities that they are taken care of and we found them not because they were being exploited but because we were proactive and brought in researchers to look at our code base yeah perfect that's
0: great it's rare to hear a company do well like this
1: yeah at first i was like oh great points.com this is going to be awesome so what's your airline which hotel (laughs) is all of my and then it was the researchers found it and it's been patched and there's no evidence that they've been taken
0: nobody's proactive like that that's so rare. I do, okay,
1: so the pessimist huh. in me does wonder. They're playing it off of very coyly for public, but
0: mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been an internal employee who was like, "I think we have, might have some issues." And then you know, the, now the company's finally like, "Oh, well, we have a good reason to hire these people because the insurance companies are interested in this type of thing." Could be too. We don't have any exploits, but let's not make. Or any it's issue.
1: a potentially disgruntled employee brought it up and then left yeah. and like. Oh, this guy's got the knowledge. We need to know how big this goes. I'm not really sure.
0: Could be that, too. But so. should be good now. So, heck yeah. Either way, good on points. Yeah. Good job,
1: points.com.
0: <laughs> I've never, never used points.com. <laughs> or have you? Or have I? I don't I'm know.
1: starting to wonder because, you know, like uh, my credit card has travel points. Oh, yeah. Did they, they just do they utilize the system in the back? No Probably. Idea. All right, I get to eat crow on this one. The final story that I have for everybody out there, I swore up and down, this is too sci-fi to be real. Oh, one of these, I love those. The first site that I saw this report come on, I said, this is BS.
0: All right, let's hear it.
1: What if somebody could figure out what your password is by
0: listening to your keyboard? I would say my... Cherry MX red switches would be uh, hard to decipher. I don't know. What (laughs) what does that even mean? (laughs) So
1: check this. I caught an article, except I now caught this on Sophos, and now it's really hard for me to argue with it because they tend to be pretty reputable on this. So so the first couple articles I saw on it were like, you know, might as well have been, computersecurity.xyz, you know, and you're like, all right. Sophos
0: picks it up, though, and I'm like... Oh, interest peaked. All right. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's exactly it. So computer scientists have released a, an update to their research paper that they have been maintaining for a while that discussed the capabilities of using microphones, including just, things like on your cell phone yeah, or just normal built into your computer, and using those to detect key presses. But here's the thing. They've been able to, over the years, increase that detection accuracy hmm. to 95%. No way. And this is this oh. isn't just like oh okay we're cleaning up the audio and we're using language models to figure out what the audio was supposed to be. This is just straight audio coming from your from the microphone source.
0: Yeah.
1: So the language models would typically clean this up or guess or I
0: guess if you have logic, like, you know where the microphone's at on that model of computer. Or, like, on where your phone's at, or something like that, you could tell if it's left or right of the keyboard, or maybe a little closer or further. Maybe you could do that. But what? Type of thing. So,
1: here's been my argument how, how do you have pressures,
0: you know, varying pressures? People type differently. I mean, you can definitely hear like a space bar and an enter versus like a normal key.
1: Yeah, because they're so big, you know, they they do have a much more prominent sound, sure.
0: But, like, that's two keys. 90% of the keys are the same
1: size, size as each other. So. They're going to be the same weight. Yeah. They're going to be connected via the same sort of. If it's a mechanical, it's going to be the same spring. But mm-hmm. anyway, my 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 first reaction is this is this can't be possible. Everybody types differently. There's all different pressures to the different keys, and yeah. maybe you're stronger in your left hand than your right hand, or you hit the E key harder than you would hit the I key. You know, that's those are both your your middle fingers. But one's left-hand, one's right-hand, but, you know, there could be variations in there. But I
0: guess those are the aspects that would help train. If you had some time, the mic could be like, okay, this user does it like this. But you'd have
1: to know what they were typing. Yeah, there'd have to to be some sort of control in the background. you have to train this system. And and then I'm like, well, there's so many varieties of keyboards and what have you.
0: Yeah, I try to do this on, like, an ergonomic keyboard where, like, (laughs) it's split in the middle and stuff.
1: So this blows my mind, but basically... The microphone built into your computer, or this was another thing they said that they were they were toying with being in a Zoom meeting and recording the Zoom call and analyzing key presses as you're typing. Maybe you're taking notes, mm-hmm. or they said maybe your computer locked and you had to get back in, or you know, or somebody you're like, like there's all these different things you could pick up where you could gain, or you had to log back into a platform.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's kind of half social engineering. Like you have to, it it's, has to be contextual.
1: But the microphone, how many microphones are around us? And like I said, your I cell mean, phone could, you yeah. could place somebody's cell phone. You could place a listening device. You could we have use six on the, in this table right yeah, here. Well, so. you could use recording in Zoom or Teams to be able to record the conversation. Which how common is that? Yeah, right. Like, very. hey, we're gonna record this for our records. We're gonna store. Well, what if you parsed out the the
0: keystroke and you were able to figure out what they were saying about you, especially in Ohio or something where it's one party state party. Yeah. I I could record anything as long as I'm consenting. And yeah,
1: I just 95% without language models. That's a concerning level of accuracy. Yeah.
0: And even if you, I mean, there's a 5% gap there, but that still allows you to brute force that 5% and then whatever password is, you know, boom, you're done.
1: So here's where, I thought my initial why I thought this was all bull except they said you know what we used a keyboard to train and most keyboards because of cost and let's just say let's call it the apple effect right. How many keyboards do we sell on the IBM side that mimic the keyboard of a MacBook, right? Yeah, true. How homogenized have keyboards become? Oh, they need
0: to be standardized because that's it cuts its down. familiarity. It cuts and down on cost. Yeah. There's
1: some features on, on these computers. They're usually sealed and backlit. So
0: get a get an odd key keyboard so that you can skirt this. But if
1: that person could figure it out, so what they do, and I said, well, what about pressures? So what they do is they say, well, you just sit there, and if you really wanted to, you just you you take your keyboard and you train it based on different pressures. I'm going to hit this key light my key a little harder, a little harder, yeah, yeah. and you can then determine that, and then. Basically, the the system would be able to determine which keystroke it likely was. So they are training it. They're just kind of training it for, for the standards. For the raw audio. And then what, what was really neat is they said, okay, now you've collected that data, right? Well, 95% accuracy. But let's say you looked at, and, and the example and so- Sophos was, you know, what if it was DA, DA, collect, you know, collect like it's data collections but replace all of the t's with with d's right you as a human being would go with that five percent error you'd be like i bet it means data collection yeah
0: i can i can read that yeah
1: so the five percent is such a low margin that you may be able to use context clues to finish up figuring out what it is or just
0: run it through a, another software that c- fixes, you know, automatically like Grammarly could probably do that. Could probably guess it and fix yeah.
1: it. Yeah. It, it, whoa, you know, yeah. so you'd be really close. I think this is this is crazy and I can't be- I can't believe it's true.
0: this is like that thing where they they recorded a monitor screen via audio, and it took the frequency of the monitor, and it tried to it display will the output. It yeah.
1: would, it'll change based on variations. It's weird, but yeah. the hum changes. Yep, so weird. Well, look, there's hope. Yeah. It, it, before we start worrying about the sky is falling, one, this, this is a group that has been studying this, I think, for almost two decades. They've been playing around with this. Jeez. But they have said that the technology in just a regular cell phone or computer microphone has gained to the point where they don't need to assist... Yeah. anymore they can this just blows my mind well i mean technology is getting scary so so how do we how do we combat this now how do we how do we have awareness
0: disable your mic
1: probably <laughs> <laughs> well that helps if yeah. it's your device that is actually one of the recommendations if you're in a, a recorded meeting mute your microphone unless you're explicitly saying something that way if you take notes have to log in yeah. whatever if you're in an open meeting and you think it might be being recorded or worried and you need to log into a platform ask to leave the room real quick you know restroom break or something you know figure whatever log in and then come in I think that one will probably get you looked at a little bit weird as a paranoia nut but it does it does thwart it learn to touch type is a big one and what, what it is is that touch typers don't use very much pressure as they type and actually so one that makes it a lot harder to pick up the key sound because they're quieter But touch typists tend to be faster at typing, too. So if you think about, if I'm pressing this key, I'm probably starting to press this key at the same time.
0: There's also the swipe typing as well. On a phone or something. Mobile stuff, yeah. Yeah. This is more for traditional keyboards, so we don't have to worry about that. You should be able to do that on the on-screen keyboard, though. Yeah, yeah. But that's
1: with, we're really, admittedly, we're really kind of focused hardcore on... Yeah, uh, normal users. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mixed case. So we talked about overlapping keys and stuff. Uh, shift, yeah, you can't really decipher that. How long am I holding shift for? You mm. won't be able to tell. So you'll have the the hold down. You'll type whatever one or two characters you need to capitalize, and then let go. It will register those as almost like two key clicks. Yeah, and so it will necess- throw off everything. yeah. It does throw it. So mixed case becomes really important. Mm. Um, gosh, and. You think we were getting away from any type of security discussion, and we weren't going to talk about MFA? Oh,
0: you are wrong. Yeah, MFA would mean—I mean—you don't have to type anything in if you're just doing it. Well, you <laughs> could—you t- could
1: know what the six-digit code was for that moment. Yeah. But in 30 seconds, that code is just invalid. Going, yeah. So, hmm. use two FA, multi-factor authentication. Once again,
0: wins it, man, every time. No
1: thwarting that. No thwarting that. I think we had fun. I think we've also discussed why we are an award-winning podcast. Oh, yes, yes. And why we were so deserving of it. So, you know, my biggest thing is I really just want to thank you, everybody, for making us as popular as we are in the Hub. We, prom- we promise to keep growing this thing, <laughs> going as far as we can. You know, the Get Hub there, today, channel. tomorrow the world. <laughs> Don't be Elon, no. <laughs> I'm going to buy Aon.com back. And I'm going to redirect it to the hub. Heck yeah. That's right. That's it for me. Griff, you got anything else to add as we...
0: No, nah, I think I'm good. Covered everything I've got. You know, if you la- if you have any more Google news, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm tapped out for today. So
1: oh, good, good. it's nice we really only partially mentioned Twitter today. So that was kind of yeah, hey, that's passion. kind of a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, you know, Facebook and all that we didn't really have to tackle today. Yeah,
0: not too many social media stuff going on today. So Thank goodness we get we get a little rest.
1: Well look, thank you, Griff. On behalf of you and of course myself, you know encourage you check out the hub we just talked about it at hub.lighthousesol.com if you're not a client you can still check out things like webinars and the content that we put up on there blogs this podcast that includes the podcast notes and everything if you end up forgetting it of course you can go to the old tried and true lighthouse podcast which redirects you back to where you need to be on the hub if you are a current client over with Lighthouse, I'm excited to share that there's all kinds of resources. Once you log in, doesn't take up any sign up. Your company's already done that for you. You just hit the login button. You log in with your 365 credentials and there you have it. It's all one single sign on. Once you're in there, you can see additional resources that you have, knowledge base, as well as. Access to Navigate Academy, which is available to all of our clients staff which for just free. Got, just got a little update to that, too. A couple extra video trainings yeah. that got added to it, which I thought was really cool. So if you want to learn more about Excel, Word, or Teams, sitting right there, right at your fingertips. Videos are only a couple minutes long. Plus, they got really cool British accents. <laughs> With that, that wraps up this edition. We'll catch you next time on the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast.